So now let's move into the 20th century. For African-Americans in the early and mid-20th century, tourism posed some unique challenges. Many gas stations, restaurants, and hotels in both the North and the South refused to serve black patrons. So in the early 1930s, a New York City postman named Victor Green began collecting contact information for roadside businesses that would serve African-Americans. His goal? To help black travelers avoid the inconvenience and humiliation of being turned away. In 1936, he published the first edition of the Negro Motorist Green Book, or the Green Book for short. The Green Book was in print for decades and became a staple in African-American households. But in his introduction, Victor Green wrote what he had hoped for. A day sometime in the near future when this guide will not have to be published, when we as a race will have equal rights and privileges in the United States. As it turns out, letters from African-Americans documenting discrimination on the nation's roadways helped lead to the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. The Green Book ceased publication once the landmark legislation became law. Historian Susan Rue has compiled these letters. In an interview from a few years back, she told us how vacationing black people helped shape one of the century's most important political debates. When I first started working on this, people would say, blacks vacationed? And I began to resent that as a very racist remark. Of course they vacationed. You know, half the households in the United States after the war own a car. By 1960, that's three-quarters or 80 percent of households. And the idea of the car for blacks was if we have a car, then we don't have to sit in the Jim Crow section on the train. It promised them more freedom, more opportunity. And so to randomly run into This discrimination must have been very sobering. Dear Madam, I'm writing to find out if something can be done, maybe bringing a suit against Mobile Oil Company because of an incident that happened in Shreesport, Louisiana. The media may have focused its attention on buses and the more violent confrontations. These were everyday confrontations, what I call the the foot soldiers of the civil rights movement who would just ride in and they had all of this evidence of people being discriminated against. We asked for the restrooms and were informed they didn't have restroom facilities for colored. Dear sir, I am a member of the NAACP. The letters were sent to headquarters, a lot of them, especially in the most egregious cases. And, you know, Thurgood Marshall, uh, early on in the 50s, before he was appointed to the court, would look at them. Uh, Constance Baker Motley would look at them, and they did take action in, in courts. The attendant or manager left the lugs loose deliberately, and when we was a good ways out on Highway 67, the wheel ran off. The rim contacted the I cannot tell you what handicaps are endured by Negro motorists traveling through the South, often for long and weary miles, unable to be sure of finding adequate accommodations for taking care of the normal physiological functions of the body and for the rest. The first two places displayed vacancy signs, but we were unable to get accommodations because they had been reserved. They used these guidebooks, the Green Guide to Negro Tourism and Travel Guide and other guides, in part to tell them where they could stay and not be turned away. And the slogan of one of those books is Vacation Without Humiliation. People to the left, the right, and front and behind were served. Finally, I sensed that we were being ignored. If you think of all the black people who packed their lunch in their car, who couldn't buy lodging, that was adding up. And this is where the change in travel and transportation industry comes through because as it becomes corporate and as it becomes chains, then 
the NAACP puts pressure on chains like Hilton at the top, where these some of these people went to conventions, to get change in the South and throughout the country. They were on their way to the ladies' restrooms that were in plain sight and had to be called back. We then had to stop on the highway like animals. We are members of the NAACP. My sense is that the civil rights leaders recognized the power of the family image. In a time when the family was the dominant image of domesticity, this nuclear family. And I think they played to that in the hearings. And certainly Roy Wilkins plays to that and says, imagine a family on vacation. And this is July when he's talking. It's hot in Washington. These senators are probably thinking, when is the congressional break? I'm going to go on vacation. And so they have families and they can relate to this stranded family that's sleeping in his car. I venture to predict that it will not be too much longer before concentrated action is taken by Negro Americans to combat this evil which has held sway for far too long along the nation's highways. Sincerely yours, Mrs. Jewel L. Gresham, doctoral student, Columbia University. Susan Rue is a historian at Brigham Young University and the author of Are We There Yet? the golden age of American family vacations. 